We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so ESPN analyst Bart Scott is pleading with his former team in Baltimore, Sarah, and he's pleading for them to make a move and a key move at wide receiver in free agency next month. But one of Baltimore's chief rivals, hint, hint, <laughs> might be going after the same guy. We'll explain ahead. Oh boy, I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, February 23rd, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at Mantis Sleep. So former Raven scout turned NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah, he held a conference call with media members on Thursday, and we have several notable Baltimore Nuggets you'll want to hear ahead of April's draft. Plus, Ravens salary cap analyst and our guy, Brian McFarland, buried one of those NFL aggregator Twitter accounts. And he and the reason why he did it was a very good one, and that's because it was pushing out inaccurate information on Ravens safety, Marcus Williams. We got Brian's back all the way here. We have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Okay, so uh, Bart Scott, our guy, pushing the Ravens to make moves for Lamar Jackson. We I, we do not disagree, and he just so happens to be pushing. He, well, he pushed one of two moves. Okay, we'll put it that way on ESPN. And one of them we are not in disagreement with. I don't know how likely it is, but let's get to Bart here on ESPN. And then, Bart, how about your old team, the Ravens, who should be on their wish list? you got to continue to build around Lamar Jackson. I think Odell Beckham took a step backwards. you got to go Calvin Ridley or Mike Evans to give them that vertical threat down the field. Zay Flowers is going to be a stud. He's a smaller receiver. Give him a guy, you know, Lamar Jackson, somebody that can make them pay if they put that eighth man in the box. And that's an interesting one, and obviously Ridley is an interesting possibility. And then you get to Mike Evans, who has done it all in the NFL. And yesterday on this show, Jeff Darlington said Evans to another team should be a priority. How about Kansas City? All right, so we'll get to that second part in just a minute. But, um, okay, so here's the thing. I guarantee that us here in Baltimore, people in Kansas City, people everywhere are all like, ooh, yeah. Mike Evans, you know, which is why we kind of talked about him yesterday. We won't dive too deep into that. 
but we did. Oh man, I put Kyle Ridley in here twice, but we talked about how he's probably going to be top of the market money around 20 to 25 million. PFF has it at 23 big bodied wide receiver can go up and get some jump balls for Lamar Jackson. Talk about having trust, putting him next to Zay flowers on the other side. And you got Bateman and at, Oh, chef's kiss, right? Yep. Sorry, but I give it about a 5% chance yep. because the Ravens have almost no money. So it would all be about priorities, right? So, but one thing we didn't talk about yesterday was this idea of Calvin Ridley. So I just want to dive into that for just a second. Um, PFF projecting that Calvin Ridley would be worth about 17 million per year that he would want a three-year deal. By the way, Calvin and, and Mike Evans, for some reason, my mind was thinking that Calvin Ridley was way younger than Mike Evans because Mike Evans has been around forever, but they're both Calvin Ridley's about to be 30 and uh, Mike Evans is about to be 31. So they're really only about a year apart. So um we all know Ridley's background. I won't read this whole thing from PFF, but he had been suspended for sports gambling, uh, then comes back in 2023 and, you know, proved that he's still uh, capable of, you know, being, being an explosive guy. So a guy like Calvin certainly wouldn't help in the Ravens wide receiver core either. So, uh, Bobby, where are you at with these two guys? So just to be clear, Bart wants both of these guys in Baltimore. No, no, he's saying his main point is like you got to keep building around Lamar Jackson. He's the centerpiece. Agreed. Uh, and he's saying you got to get either Mike Evans or Calvin Ridley. He didn't say both. Okay, that's funny because I was looking at the uh, maybe I got hung up on the 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 bottom line graphic because it said ESPN had it both. I'm like both uh, in yeah, what yeah. world? Not not in a second contract for Lamar Jackson world. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I you you know where I'm at. I think that uh, this type of of wide receiver is the missing piece to Baltimore's offensive puzzle. Not sure if it's going to be either one of these guys, but from a measurable standpoint and a body physique and type and what they would potentially bring to Baltimore's offense it just adds that 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 next layer and I don't even care if they're on the other side of 30 either you know I really don't like, producing I mean I care a little but I care more about what they're showing on tape yeah I guess what I yeah. mean by that is like okay if it's one thing if it's a if they're projecting Calvin at three years I'm, I'm probably not thrilled with the multi-year nature of it like let's mm -hmm. bring somebody in for a year to see to see what he is if he's on the other side of 30. Um, but to me, I, I just I want to see that. I, I want to see it whether it's through the draft or whether it's – and by the way, we're going to get up to Daniel Jeremiah like you heard in the, in the teaser. We're going to get to his draft call, and he was looking at a bunch of different wide receivers that the Ravens uh, could see at their disposal, whether it's at 30th overall or in, on, on day two. So, yeah, I'd be open to it. Okay, so here's the other part to it, right? Is is like anybody that the Ravens could potentially sign. And oh, I hate to do this, but I just I just don't think, especially with Matabike potentially being tagged, I just don't see the Ravens being big time spenders in free agency. I just 
uh, I'm, I like, I want these guys. I look at these guys, I'm coveting these guys. And then I look at the cap and I'm like, crap, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like the reality starts to set in. But one other added benefit to this is if you were to go out and get say a Mike Evans, then you're blocking him from other top teams, right? Like, who, whoever it is, we know Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. Could it be that you're blocking them? Could it be that you are blocking the Chiefs? And, you know, I just feel like we have so much to get to that I might skip one of these videos, but there's other other videos where Jeff Darlington was like, he wanted the Chiefs to get Mike Evans so badly that he was willing to say, move on from Chris Jones. And so here's my point with this. The Chiefs have now shown Right, that they're kind of in the dynasty. They're the kind of a dynasty team. They're this decade's Patriots. And like the Patriots, the Chiefs are showing that they can evolve and what's the word? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Morph into different Morph? styles yeah. of winning. Yes. Like, so like they didn't have a number one wide receiver. Rasheed Rice was their rookie who who evolved into that throughout the course of the season. Correct. And so it they won with defense this last year. Like Chris Jones was massive in them winning the Super Bowl. They won with defense this year. They've won in the past when Tyreek was there with the passing game. They can do it by running the, the ball. Like they can just keep morphing. And so I guess what my point is, is like everybody could use Mike Evans, including the Chiefs. But even, but including the Chiefs, even they have to like, it's not a question of whether he can help. It's a question of priorities. Because when you look at the Chiefs, they have, um, so they have Jones, Legereus Sneed, who, who like was massive. Wasn't Sneed the one who knocked the ball out of Zay Flowers' hand? Believe right? so. Yeah, when he was diving in for the touchdown. Uh, Mike Dana, Tru uh, Drew Tranquil. Like they have so many free agents themselves that they got to figure out who they want to be. It's just like, Listen, we can spend 20, 20 million a year on Mike Evans and go back to being a pass first team, or we can go ahead and tag Daniel Jones and continue to be this defensive led team, although they're going to lose Legereus Sneed most likely. Um, and so they got a lot going on. Meanwhile, as the Ravens approach free agency, it's my contention that not only do they have to think of free agency needs of like, how do we beat the AFC North? But we, we now know that like the Ravens have bigger goals than that. Like that's the first goal is to win the AFC North. So they got to beat the Steelers. They got to beat um, now with Joe Burrow coming back. They got to beat the Bengals. But ultimately, if they want to go to the Super Bowl, they have to say, how do we beat the Chiefs? Is going out and getting somebody like Mike Evans helping do that by keeping Mike Evans away from them? So another segment on ESPN, they talked about who's the biggest threat to preventing the Chiefs becoming a three-peat. Everybody on the panel named a team from the AFC North. If the Bucs can't lock him up and he does commit to going elsewhere, the Kansas City Chiefs should absolutely be... That's the wrong clip. Um, and I didn't pull it in yet, but I do have it. <laughs> well, while you so pull that together... Go ahead and talk. Yeah, while you pull that together, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Manta Sleep. And you guys know what they're all about at this point. A true 100% blackout for a deeper sleep. C-shaped eye cups for unbeatable side sleep comfort. Zero pressure on, on your eyelids or lashes. And it includes advanced materials and ventilation for unmatched breathability. The best part is for you if you are a Vault subscriber, uh, you can click on the link 
that's included in the description of this video below. And if you use code VAULT10, that's vault one you'll get 10% off your next purchase. This has changed the game for me, whether it's you don't even need blackout curtains, by the way. I'm like, I'm thinking about blackout curtains because we just put some in my new studio here in, in Canton that my mom's helping me build. You don't even need those curtains because that's what the sleep mask provides, whether it's napping, whether it's side sleep, stomach sleep, back sleep uh, at night, whatever. It puts you into a almost borderline coma, and I've really enjoyed it. I know your kids, Sarah's kids are all over it too. She hasn't even had had a chance to wear hers because I, I, I wore them kids. once and then they stole them. Yep. They're <laughs> like, what's this mom? <laughs> Amazing. That's what I have to look forward to down the line. But uh, yeah, special thanks to Manta sleep for sponsoring this episode. All right. So now back to this, who are the teams that are the biggest threat to the chiefs? The whole panel picked one of two AFC North teams. As of this moment, ESPN has ESPN bet, excuse me, has the chiefs as the favorites to win the AFC just ahead of Baltimore and Buffalo. Bengals are the only team on this screen who did not win 10 games last season. They won nine after Joe Burrow got hurt. They currently have the fourth shortest odds. So this leads me to my next question, Jeff Darlington. Which of those teams, or, or a different one if you like, is the biggest challenger to the Chiefs in the AFC next year? Look, I still think it's the Ravens. The Ra what the Ravens did this year, I understand that they ultimately fell to the Chiefs, a team that has proven to be so clutch in big moments. But the Ravens showed that they are a championship-caliber team, and they, to me, don't feel like, number one, that they were a one-hit wonder, and number two, that they're going to be dismantled. It feels like this is a team that is building toward the moment, and I think that that's an important reason why they continue to be the team that will be the biggest issue to the Chiefs moving forward. Who do you like, Mike T? I'll go with the Cincinnati Bengals with a double asterisk. Asterisk number one is Joe Burrow is ready to go. Asterisk number two, T. Higgins is there, either tagged or a long-term deal. All I right, love so building toward the moment. That's why I love the way that he phrased that because it's taken a little longer than we all would have liked. But mm -hmm. they are meticulously slowly but surely building toward the moment, whether it's building around Lamar, whether it's investing in Lamar, whether it's you know getting the, the kryptonites off their back over the years, coming from behind to win games, uh, fourth quarter, you know, red zone efficiency, all those things that have plagued them at times for spurts throughout the Lamar era. It, it's just been this ascension. And this year was definitely an ascension under with, with Todd and Lamar. So I like the way that he phrased that. Yeah, and so I think the overall, you know, thought from my end is like everything the Ravens do this offseason has got to have Bengals, Steelers, Browns in mind, but also the Chiefs. That's that's every move has to be like is this going to put us over the top? Is this going to yeah. do it? So. Yeah. And just to kind of put a whole I I guess to put a bow sort of on the topic of Mike Evans and 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 the wide receiver position, I am like you kind of said it. I really find it – I would find it really hard to believe that they're going to spend that kind of money in free agency on that position when they have so many other needs, you know, and we're going to definitely be doing content on this in the coming weeks. But at 30, sure, there could be some really quality big body receivers available. But one thing that we'll get to in just a second here that Daniel Jeremiah hinted at yeah. and harped on really in his draft – in his uh, sort of like a – pre-draft press conference with uh, reporters was that you don't necessarily need to get a quality wide receiver on day one 
So that's something to be on lookout for. You know, you can handle maybe like cornerback. Who knows? Cornerback could be a day one need for for the Ravens. So just something to keep in mind. And, and uh, I think they're going to have to be really, really mindful of the way that they spend their money, given the fact that they're living in a world where obviously Lamar is on, on the second contract. And as we know, year after year on that deal, it's going to get harder and harder cap-wise. Well, I'm really excited to hear. I haven't been able to catch up on Daniel Jeremiah's conference call, so I'm happy to transition to that because because the more and more I look at the cap and the more and more I believe the Ravens are going to have to like just nail the draft, and that's going to be true as, as long as you've got Lamar and Roquan and now potentially Matabike under these massive contracts. Okay, yeah. these aren't just like top of the line contracts that say like running back. Like it's not only top five contracts, but they're top five contracts at premium positions. At linebacker, I wouldn't say middle linebacker, maybe not, but quarterback, obviously, and defensive linemen. Those are just getting bigger by the day. So it is just going to be, and he already knows this. He says it all the time. The draft is the lifeblood of the Ravens, and it just has becomes more and more pressure filled for filled for Eric DaCosta and his group to nail it. So let's dive in. Like, tell me, tell me everything. I'm so excited. I'm going to go back and listen to this myself at some point. Yeah. But this combine week is the week that I'm turning the page and I'm digging deep into the draft. So what did he have to say? Well, I know you overlapped with him first and foremost, which should refresh everybody that that Daniel is an NFL Network draft analyst who. Does it all. He's got a podcast, Move the Sticks, with Bucky Brooks, but he's a former Ravens scout. So the guy's got credible pedigree. Uh, his pers- perspective on football and the scouting process and the way that he knows and the way that he dives into the analysis mm. of draft prospects. I-, I can never not learn something. You know, like you constantly yeah. just, and he has he's such a great storyteller too. From I know we've shared plenty of his bites over the years since doing the show. I, I can actually remember one off in particular of Ozzy. Like he's just, he's such a, such a great storyteller from his time in Baltimore, but yeah, let's pick through some of these, these notable takeaways and we'll start with what we kind of just left off at, which is the wide receiver position. Um, he made it clear that he sees some pretty significant value in the third round. So day two names like Washington's Jalen McMillan, uh, Western Kentucky's Malachi Corley, Roman Wilson of Michigan, all projected to potentially be day two picks. And so the reason why I bring that up is is just because of what I said a second ago. Like, don't freak out if they go if they don't go back to the well, which has kind of become the well of first round wide receivers over the years. But right. EDC has taken a lot of shots. Some have worked out, some haven't. So if they don't decide to do that at 30th overall and they address a different need, tackle, cornerback, you name it, uh, then there will be options on day two. He also said that uh, if you're looking to add size, the big body type of receiver that we continue to talk to, um, he mentioned names like A.D. Mitchell uh, from Texas. He referred to him as a perfect example uh, and also had Troy Frank. A perfect example of what? Of Of just being a big... Of what the Ravens, uh, of what could fill that need, that big body need okay. that they're looking for. I don't okay. think he specifically said the Ravens are looking for that, but but if if they were, he would fit that that category as a true X. Okay. Um, and potentially, you know, I'm not sure he's coming in and being like the overwhelming target number one wide receiver number one right out of the gates. Right, which the Ravens don't necessarily need, but. 
Yes. Yeah. And by the way, I did tweet and I was kind of thinking about this. I know you and I are doing a lot of listening these days. We're, we're, we're doing a ton of listening to PFF and DJ's podcast and everything else. You've got consuming. to because it's not like we consume college football all year. We're totally nope. locked into the NFL. And so yep. this like this time of the year, late February, we got a ton of homework to do to catch yep. up on these college prospects. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm, no. yeah. Yeah, we rely on these guys. And, yep. and so, you know, we, we try to consume of that uh, as much of that as we can. And throughout my consumption and just thinking about the year that it was, I kind of came to the conclusion and I tweeted it on Thursday that I'm comfortable moving on from Odell. I think I've decided that I'm, I'm comfortable moving on from Odell in free agency. And here's why. It took had, you this long to be comfortable. <laughs> I'm going. I know. I'm going completely off the off the uh, off the radar. I've been the, comfortable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we did. I guess we did kind of both say that. But yeah. the reason why, why I started to gain confidence to start talking about it, I know we. You're right. We have mentioned that before. But we. I don't know that we officially put it out like you put it out in your tweet earlier. But the added context, Thursday. yeah, right. I guess yeah. the added context to that would be how deep wide receiver is past day one. And so remember, the Ravens yeah. have picks in, I think, all at least a pick in the first five rounds. Yeah. So that just showed me that, okay, okay, you know what? Like, you look at the OBJ numbers, and to me, a day of uh, first, second, or third, or maybe even fourth round pick goes to wide receiver, I feel like it's a decent expectation uh, to anticipate that his numbers from last year could be matched or potentially exceeded by a rookie. To me, they lack a wide receiver too. On paper, it should be Rashad Bateman. I can't confidently get on here and say that, yeah, he is my wide receiver too. I, I feel confident in that. Uh, man, the separation tells you like we've done. We know uh, like he has the talent about. to do it. It's Absolutely. just it's taken all these years that it hasn't happened yet. Right. And so yeah. for because of that, I just can't sit here and say that he's currently on the roster. You can't so be that, like, so mark it down in pen, right? You have yeah. it in pencil, pencil yeah. where you can erase it, but you can't say, ooh, I'm putting this down with Sharpie, permanent Sharpie marker. It's like Seth yeah. Davis, March Madness basketball. You can't Sharpie it yet. I yeah. hope we can, Rashad, for your sake and yeah. your future in this we league, want especially to. in Baltimore. I, I hope that we can, uh, but I just I just can't do that with good conscience right now. So those were the takeaways, Sarah, uh, in terms of wide receiver. Any reaction wait, wait, from wait. you? Well, I got two more questions. There, was there any more big wide receivers? You said A.D. Mitchell. Was there more? So I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got, see, see, when I go off the the cuff like that, you just okay. say, hey, to heck with the script. <laughs> anyway, so A.D. Mitchell fits that category of big body uh, out of Texas, began his career at Georgia, really like one drop over 86 targets last year at Texas. So reliable, mm -hmm. uh, durable, big body, athletic, 50-50 ball winning guy, right? Contested catch dominating guy. That's what you look for in when it comes to that. Uh, also, Oregon's Troy Franklin. And then, of course, <laughs> I feel like there's a guy every year, right, that like maybe DJ is pushing or uh, the PFF guys are pushing, right? And all of a sudden, Ravens flock just runs with it. Yeah. <laughs> they run with it. And what's funny about it is that last year it was Zay. Right, I think it was Zay. Yeah, a lot of people felt that way about Zay. Zay. Maybe Josh Downs. I can remember a lot, like Spencer and 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 uh, and Cole. I think really liked Josh Downs. If I'm but not remember, mistaken. that was the same thing that happened with Rashad Bateman. Yes, it yeah. was. Every yes, it was. I mean, Ravens flock <laughs> wanted Bateman. Yep. Now hold on, are you referring but, but, to Keon Coleman? I am out of Florida okay. State, and that's the final. That's but the but final here's here's third. my question, and we, we got to we got to roll back the tape. Wasn't it one Steve Smith? 
who came into the vault and said Keon Coleman's not the guy? We got to roll that back. Did he say Was that? it Keon? I think it was. Well, I brought it up for sure. I just don't remember what Steve said. Uh, I remember him saying, no, that's not it. Is Keon the one that you brought up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, and well, I will say this. Steve Young was raving. Or Steve Young. Steve Smith was yeah. raving about Zay Flowers also. So, I got to be honest. You know, I respect him. So, so we got to we got to go back and look at that. Steve's a beast when it comes to his draft analysis. I can't wait to dig it. in at the wide receiver well, across the board. Here's what's nice but. about Steve Smith. Here's what here's what's nice about Steve Smith. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He doesn't care. Like, just like he didn't care on the field, right? He is yep. coming at you full force. Like, I don't think he's trying to be a jerk, but he makes it crystal clear. Whereas guys like like Jeremiah, right? Like, if, if he doesn't isn't like a big believer, I mean, he'll kind of like say it, but it's not like he's like making it crystal clear. <laughs> Woo! Steve will do that. Steve doesn't care and you know that receive we've seen it like receivers will like be on the field when he's down there doing sideline work and you know oh, they're yeah. not happy and he's just like listen bro i gotta call it how i see it so yeah you know that we're gonna be listening to steve smith a ton when it comes to wide receivers oh, man, so steve. okay here's here's my one reaction to what you just said and again i can't say a lot because i feel like the combine is gonna be eye-opening for me like i just haven't i've done so much homework this week on free agency I just haven't gotten into it yet on the draft, but I will say this. Here's here's what here's a caution I give myself and to you, Mr. Robert Trossett. Okay. What's your middle name, by the way? Francis. <laughs> it's your dad. Okay. Robert And the Francis. reason why you know that is because I always call I always refer to my father in front of you on the phone as, as Francis. Francis. <laughs> but also Francis can talk. I can see where you get it from. Oh, yeah, and he's yeah. got a deep radio voice too. And he is a trip <laughs> to listen to. If he, by the way, were an analyst, he would not hold back whatsoever. No. No. Just we, like a be- former basketball coach days. We, we had to give him like a friendship yeah. bracelet because he was so freaking intense. <laughs> I'm telling you, we joked about this, but like I get it from my mom. Like my dad is super articulate, but he's more quiet. It's my mom who's like, you know, but yeah. if we had those two on the show, that would be a next trip. level. Next level. Next level. <laughs> My mom acts like a stranger on the street is like her best friend. She she just does not care. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Robert Francis Trossett, here's a warning I'm going to give to you. My ears perk. I don't know about a warning or whatever. I perk up hearing that. Robert Francis. We both want a big-bodied wide receiver so badly, 
that we need to be careful because at the end of the day, what you got to get is a producer, right? You got to get a guy that can produce. And so we can't fall in love. Who's the guy? Who did the Chargers end up drafting last year? Um, in the first round, big, big bodied guy. And I oh. remember liking him because he was big bodied versus, but it was like, but Zay has produced way more than him. And yeah. so has, um, Oh, okay. Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnston. Yeah. There we go. Quentin Johnson. And then it ends up that it's Zay that's like producing more or like, uh, uh, LA Rams from BYU Nakua, um, uh, is producing Puka Puka. Puka. Puka, yes. Man, am I just butchering names left and right? P- Puka I told Nakua. You I, there we go. I got and the just, Nakua part. And, and just because we're just because we're on the names now, I I didn't do it earlier because I I kind of forgot I was doing fifteen things. You called Chris Jones Daniel Jones. Oh, of course I did. Of course I did. And I didn't because I didn't want to stop Jones. you. You're in rhythm and things of that I, nature. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully people knew what I was saying. Anyway. So and it, what's funny is it's been a couple months. I've been on a good roll. I've taken this seriously, okay? It's been a couple months since I butchered a name, and then here I am just like, I'm just getting the whole months in. It's not a bit, people. It's not a it, bit. It's not <laughs> I really am trying. So anyway, point being, well, as much as I want a big-bodied guy, yeah. at the end of the day, it's got to be somebody that produces. And so if it ends yeah. up being like a second Zay or whatever – that's not what you prefer, but it's like it's it's like you got to get a producer. You can't fall so in love with size yes. that you forget about. Wait, is this guy? What's the what's the tape say? What does the tape project? All that kind of stuff. So right. I just gotta I gotta be careful about that as I as I start setting up on these guys. Thank you for the reminder because production always uh, take you know you always take production over prototypical right. We're yes, obsessed prototype with, production with prototypical. Yeah, and like I said, we always we always want to to say the full picture that's what we want that's what i yeah. want they don't need it they showed last year they don't need it could yeah. that have gotten could that guy have gotten him over the hump in the afc title game maybe but it was self-inflicted while they lost yeah straight up all right so okay that's true that's true okay we're already almost at 30 minutes and we got so much content to get to next tell me what he said about offensive tackles yeah offensive tell me tackle, what i need to know loaded loaded quote loaded He's got okay. 10, 10 to 11 players in the top tier, a bunch of day one starters included in that group. Some names like Oklahoma's uh, Tyler Guyton. Again, this is all offensive tackles here, okay? Oklahoma's Tyler Guyton, Amarius Mims from Georgia. I think we mentioned, the Ravens, yeah. we, we mentioned him. Yep. He referred to those guys as home run picks. Woo! Home run picks, okay? He also showed some Home love to for the Ravens. For the Ravens, okay. For the Ravens, okay. Offen- yeah, he also showed some love to Washington's Troy Fotanu at offensive tackle, but doesn't believe that he's going to be available for them at thirty. Uh, also added that uh, saw sees a few of these guys who could start year one at guard, like Jonathan Ogden reminded us mm-hmm. that he did. In 1996, before moving, I'm telling you, Bobby, that's tackle. the route. Get Stanley's future replacement, put him at yes. guard or right tackle, because I I really do believe they're going to cut Moses. That's my prediction. Okay, and uh, and then as and a then, cap casualty, as a cap casualty. Oh, yep. there's my son calling me for a ride. I'm going to push him over to my husband, who's in the office next to me. You want to take um, it? I can keep going through the notes. You you go ahead. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna text him. But keep yeah, going. Yeah. Okay. Do that. So anyway, that's. That's the tackle position. Definitely put put me put me on record as well for either day one or day two selecting 
what you feel, who you feel could be Ronnie's future replacement at left tackle. And like we've talked about in recent weeks, whether he starts day one or not in 2024, groom him, let him play, whether it's guard or or not, and let him play and learn from Ronnie. One of the things that we know about Ronnie is while it's been a real struggle when it comes to availability and now post-ankle now dealing with knee injuries, it's it's been tough play and inconsistent play from an anchoring standpoint, but he is a student of the game. And from a technique standpoint, the guy's second to none, the way that he learns, the way that he's a student. So I think that could potentially carry down to a, a potential successor uh, in the same position group when at left tackle. All right, what Corner- about cornerback? Oh, you're about to get to that because – that to me is a need. Like the Ravens relied on a lot of one-year guys that really stepped up, and I really hope they bring back Darby. Like I, that's one I really, really would like to see. Yeah. But I think that's something where you got to start getting some youth. And so far, the youth that they've picked just hasn't panned out due to injuries. Uh, Unfortunately, Pepe yeah. Williams yep. comes to mind. Jalen Armour Davis has Armour been a no-show. Yep. Um, it's that that's tough. And then you add in, like you said, right? You have to you have to end up leaning. On the Ronald, the on the Ronald Darby's of the world. Yep. What would they've done without him down the stretch? Trouble. You know, what if Brandon Stevens didn't morph into a do-it-all corner DB? Trouble. Guy did it all for you. Yeah. You know, and so you know, you, who knows? Who knows what his future is? But he's certainly worthy of an extension. The how versatile he's been um, when that time comes. So at cornerback, which again, to your point, kind of a sneaky, almost like a sneaky need. DJ said that uh, there's some options in the back half of the first round. Mentioned names like Nate Wiggins from Clemson, Cooper DeGene of Iowa, uh, Missouri's Ennis Rakestraw Jr. Uh, Those were a few of his cornerbacks off the board towards the back half of the first round. So I don't know. To me, it's going to be one of the three positions, one of these three positions at 30 if they stay put. Tackle, wide receiver, cornerback. Can we mm-hmm. safely say it's going to be one of those three? I in would the feel first good round? about that. It, right? I hope it would be one of those three. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's like next a next level uh, need versus you know or um, you know best available, which we know is their their philosophy. Hopefully, that best available player falls within one of those categories because all three are needs. All right. Well, let's move on with some other content here. We'll finish up and one more for here. you. Oh, you got one more for me. One more for you, and that is. That. Uh, <laughs> the the inside linebacker position, obviously with PQ uh, potentially leaving, probably leaving in free agency. Yes, you have Trenton Simpson in the building. Uh, he he singled out Michigan's junior Colson as potential best player in the entire draft at that position. So yeah, I know. Just, just I wanted to add it in quickly, just because of the need that Baltimore yeah. has. We think Trenton could be that guy if the Ravens feel like they want to add another potentially. Uh, Potentially, you know, Junior Colson is in that is in that category. So perfect. Thank that's, you. Uh, that's DJ at a glance. Appreciate that. All right, just uh, we'll do some quick hits here. Um, this first one is kind of like um, cautionary ter- tale. Just make sure you know. Just make sure when you when news is being put out, it comes from somebody that you typically hear from, and you know that they regularly do news. So this Twitter account, which has, by the way, almost two hundred fifty thousand followers, so. A lot of people are like, why are you even bringing them up and giving them more of a platform? It's like, no, they've got 250,000. So when they bring up 
bad information. You just have to call it out. So they put out a tweet that said Baltimore Ravens Marcus Williams is a possible salary cap casualty that can save the team $7 million in a cap space in cap space with the June 1st designation. You already know that it's not sounding good when all they put up is what the savings are and not the dead money. You always, always, always have to look at the dead money, number one. And number two, anytime somebody says June 1st designation, that's because you already know, you already that's already a red flag. That if somebody's like, hey, you can save it with this, you're doing a June 1st because the dead cap money would be horrendous. And just because you're splitting it up over two years, you like it's still bad. So anyway, then it goes on to say, Geno Stone reportedly is a priority for the team. Okay. I've got lots of, I got people tagging me on this. I know they tagged you too because they tagged us on both. This would be salary cap malpractice. Yeah. If the Ravens cut him in a June 1, uh, even with a June 1 designation, you still have about 11 million dead money this year and then 15 million next year. You want to go into 2025 with the 15 million dead money just because, and I'm not, I'm not against, like, I love Gino. I wish he could stay. And he got a lot of interceptions. And I get some people saying that Gino might be better than Williams, although I don't know that I totally buy that. Yeah. Uh, Williams has been, has had injuries, so it's hard to, like, push for him right now. But, like, listen, not only would you have all that dead money, okay, that $11 million this year and then $15 million, then on top of it, you're still going to have to pay Gino however many millions. So not just like us, I'm sure Brian got tagged way more. So he Brian quote McFarlane. retweeted it. Brian McFarland, Raven salary cap guy, best in the business when it comes to Raven salary cap. And he went hard and he quote retweets him and says, I hate sites like this. This is not going to happen. 5 million of Williams, 12 million salaries fully guaranteed and post June one release would push. Okay. So it's 13.5 million in dead money onto 2025, 11, as I said, 0.7 in dead money on 2024. So again, not happening, but that tweet, that previous tweet had well over a thousand likes. And so it's like, at some point you like, you don't want to like speak out against every single rumor, but when they start going like that, people just want to hear what they want to hear that like Gino lovers want them back. And I get it, but guess what? Gino, I'm sorry to say it, as much as I love him, probably isn't going to be back. And as much as he'd like to be back, even he acknowledges that's probably not going to happen when he was on with the NFL Network this week. Where do you ultimately want to be uh, when everything comes up here in the next couple of months? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, Baltimore's always home. But, you know, like I, like business is business. You know that uh, being in this league that's long. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, you kind of said it right there. You know, I've been through it all, uh, especially my rookie year. But um, I just want to be somewhere I'm, I'm appreciated and, and uh, you know, who, who wants me and for, for me to be a starter, whoever, whoever it may be, um, I just want my value to be there. Let's go. Let's talk about that process though. Uh, Gino, because the seventh round pick, uh, the, the COVID. All right. Well, the, the basic point is there that he's like, I love Baltimore. I wish it could be Baltimore, but he's going to go test the market and the Ravens can't put more money into the safety position along with the first round draft pick that they put Kyle Hamilton in. And so they're going to go have to go find another Geno stone, a seventh round type guy and develop them and go that route. So one last thing, and then I'm going to let you go take it over Bobby, because I really got to run. Um, I just wanted to put this out as we're talking about salary cap money and people are trying to look for ways to save money. Here is probably the Biggest thing that's going to dictate how much money the Ravens have. This is quoting from Jeff Zrebeck in his article about whether or not the Ravens are going to tag Matabike. Basically, he's saying what everybody else is saying. That there's no way they can let him out the door. To get 13 sacks from inside inside pressure is just 
I mean, it doesn't come around very often. Yeah. So he says, in many ways, settling on a compromise with Matabike without, without using the tag, a difficult proposition, mind you, might be the key for the Ravens offseason. But Baltimore almost surely won't get a hometown discount for a player that is drafted in the third round in 2020. Matabike eschewed multi-year offers from the Ravens last offseason, plenty intent on betting on himself and making a lot of money. So here's the point with it. <laughs> the reason why this is key, yet not easy. If you have to do the tag for defensive tackles, the projection is going to be uh, just over $20 million. The tag, well, even if you end up signing him long-term after you tag him, $20 million, that's taking up on the cap. Whereas if you get him to a long-term extension, you're not going to put $20 million in the first year. So you have, I mean, it's probably going to be like an $8 million difference between tagging him and getting him to a long-term extension. So the Ravens are going to want to do that. Otherwise, they're going to have to go to Lamar Jackson, um, they could get upwards. Uh, they could get up to 11 million on restructuring him. They'll have to go to Mark Andrews, probably Williams, who we just talked about. You go back and restructure him. You really can't go back to Marlin or um, Stanley because you've already restructured them a couple times. And what you really want to do, you want to restructure guys that you know are going to be playing in the next couple years and playing super well. And if you're wanting to, as people are saying, I want to, they want to cut Ronnie Stanley. Well, then you don't restructure him or else it's going to be more dead money later on. You don't want to restructure the guys that you're not sure is going to be around. Whereas Lamar and Williams and all that, you know that they are, it's got to be guys like that. So point being that's massive. We're over here talking about, can you cut Williams? Can you cut this? Can you cut that? Get a long-term deal with Matt Abike, And that's going to be a massive difference on the salary cap. And Bobby, with that, I got to run. <laughs> Foundational <laughs> piece. All right. right. Talk to talk. you later. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Appreciate you. All right. Let's finish here with just one more quick hit. The Ravens are now the betting favorites to land King Henry. That's Derrick Henry, according to the odds at stake. Ravens are at plus 175. Cowboys plus 550. Eagles plus 650. And the Texans at plus 750. We'll see if they're willing to spend in free agency or perhaps the market will dictate what he's worth at this point. To me, I continue to think that while the running back market has showed you what it feels about the position, especially last offseason, if there are one or two outliers, it's Derek and it's Saquon. We'll see if that ends up being the case. A special thanks to Manta Sleep for sponsoring this episode. As always, you can go check them out. Included in the show notes below, there's a link right there for you. Use code VAULT10 on your newest and next sleep mask, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. All right, special thanks to all you guys for dropping by. As always, if you haven't already done so, please like this video if you enjoyed this specific piece of content, and subscribe to The Vault, both here on YouTube and in the audio-only spaces. Have an awesome weekend. We'll catch up with you guys on Monday morning.